then I'm halfway down, and it just says, your destination is on your right. And then, doo -doo -doo, like, clicks out. And I look to my right, and there's just trees. I'm on a highway. And there's, like, nothing. There's no buildings. There's Oh, my gosh. And uh, so I'm, like, panicking now. I pull over into some parking lot, and I open up the email again that says, it says, like, 450 March Road. And for some reason, when I had clicked it and opened it to Google Maps, it went to 250 March Road. I was like, oh, okay, so it just opened up wrong. I'll just punch it in manually, and it'll tell me which way to go. I assumed the same way where it thought 250 was, just a little further. Mm -hmm. And I punch it in, and it says, from your current location, 49 minutes to get to 450 March Road, Canada, Ontario. Oh and I'm God. just freaking out, and I look at the map, and it's taking me all over the place. Like, there's just these blue dots, like going across this map i have to keep zooming out to even see it and i'm like what the hell is going on so now i'm panicking because i don't have 49 minutes i only have like half an hour to get to my exam and i pull out and i'm just like well i just gotta go and i pull out onto the road the way it's telling me to go right in front of somebody i just didn't, <laughs> didn't even look there's just a car there he honks at me like crazy i'm like sorry thanks for not killing me <laughs> just accelerate and then an Right as I'm getting to the lights, it's like, you want to turn left here? I'm like, I'm like crazy <laughs> left down the street. The bike, the lady on the bike just like laughs at me next to it. She's like, what the hell is he doing? And then it turns out it was just a little up the street. And it, the reason the route was looked so long is it was taking me down all these weird side streets because that was marginally faster. And every time I would drive for 20 to 30 seconds, it would shave 9 to 10 minutes off my estimated time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're now 32 minutes away. You're now 25 minutes. I was like, what the hell was that? You scared the crap out of me. I almost killed me and some other driver because I was in such a crazy panic. And it turns out, yeah, it was just over there. GPS, and I, man. I have no explanation why it said 49 minutes. I thought maybe that was like from home from where my parents live, but that's not even true. That still yeah. would have been an overestimate. It's like 49 so. minutes like walking and you're like- yeah. didn't... <laughs> Walking from here, that wouldn't have been true either. That would, it would have been like 15 minutes walking. <laughs> oh gosh. So anyways, that's how I almost died. But you'll be happy to know that I did not and I passed my exam. Yay. Oh man. I guess the truth is just never trust your GPS. Not never, maybe oh, not. It, it always jerks me around. Yeah. Google Maps hates me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking some irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering Arena, and casual play in particular as always. <laughs> yes, as always, casual play. Um, today we have a very special episode. Uh, we are bringing back our Drunken Vorthos theme, theme, episode, whatever. Uh, and this one's for Strixhaven. <laughs> Uh, which is very exciting. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, and rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? I got an absolute uh, Toronto classic here. This is from Bellwoods Brewery, and it's Roman Candle. It's kind of their flagship IPA, so they always have you know crazy beers rotating in and out of the lineup, but I feel like this one's a mainstay. Mm -hmm. uh, you can always pick up Roman Candle. So that's what I brought today. What did you bring? I brought, uh, this is Henderson's Best. Uh, it is their flagship beer, essentially, uh, which is an uh, amber ale. It's 5.5%. And uh, yeah, 
finally getting around to rating these beers. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like we always look for these crazy exotic ones and stuff, and then we got to realize, like, not everyone is as used to the Toronto beer scene as we are and looks at these beers and it's just like, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> Had that before. Yeah. And we, we just, yeah. you know, always want to rate every beer we possibly can. So we're getting around to these ones today. So uh, excited for that. In magic news, as usual, uh, as soon as we post an episode, there's a big announcement that happens. <laughs> <laughs> While people were listening to me talk about how this deck's going to get banned last week. There was a ban announcement. Actually, probably before the, they listened. It was, to yeah. It was It was the day before. So, uh, Thassa's Oracle is now banned in Historic. Uh, effectively, uh, I guess, tuning down instead of just destroying the Tainted Pack deck. Um, That's the idea. Yes. So, uh, Jeff, how do you feel about this ban? <laughs> I think it's wrong. I think, yeah. So I think the the options Wizards had at their disposal was ban Tainted Pact or ban Thassa's Oracle and ban Tainted, Tainted Pact. I think this was one of the worst things to do for a few reasons. The first is that the deck is still a thing and with Jace just replacing Thassa's Oracle, right? Um, and it's going to play a little differently, but I still actually think it's very likely to just be a tier one deck that might might be too strong. And the other big problem is that, like, Tainted Pact is a card that doesn't even work on Arena. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Why not just get rid of the thing that is the problem? I get it's, like, the flashy new, you know, mythic from your Strixhaven special Thing, you know, mystical archive, whatever. But, like, you already banned a bunch of those. Like, just ban like, this one, too, you know? It, it doesn't make a bun- much sense to me. I did hear that they've been working on implementing a fix to Tainted Pact so that it gives you a little bit of time on every card you make a decision on. So that's honestly the only explanation I have is that they didn't want to like tell their developers that they wasted time fixing hey, that Hey, so the new card is really cool, except for there's a problem with it. Spend all your time trying to fix it, take forever, <laughs> and then we're going to ban it before we even announce that it's fixed. Yeah, I think um, they just didn't have the, uh, yeah. the audacity to do that. That makes a lot more sense to me. I think I like that idea because I agree with you. Um, not that I'm like thinking uh, Thassa's Oracle should stay in Historic or anything. I don't think that card is... I mean, I think it's very ban-worthy. It has all the same kinds of things. The decks that play with it are very unfair for the most part. They're they're just kind of trying to do the one thing, and Tainted Pack is a really easy way to do that. It's the the reason they were saying that is that Thassa's Oracle was a problem in other formats as well and had to get burnt uh, banned from those. So they were just expecting it to get worse, and this is just a way to kind of nerf the Tainted Pack deck without getting rid of it completely. Um, sure. But I still think the Tainted Pack was probably the one that should have gone. Um, but I'm not really that sad to see Thassa's Oracle go. So. It just seems like a no-brainer to ban Tainted Pack to me because it's a card that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun card. It really does one thing. It doesn't do anything. All it does is this thing, you know, where it's a demonic tutor slash mill your whole deck, or it does nothing. Like, yeah. It's not a card people are going to play in earnest ever. No. And so, like, there's no downside, really, to banning it. Um, other than you don't want to give people mythic rare wild cards. Yeah, I don't even know if that's the, you know, people like to talk about that, whether they don't want to yeah. give you wild cards or something. I was mostly joking. Yeah, I, I, some people say that, though, and I, I don't think that that's necessarily what they're they're thinking. I, I'm probably on the side of they're trying to work for a fix and don't want to ban it before they fix fix it in Arena and then later decide to do it, maybe. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're right about Das's Oracle, and I guess they're right because they said it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it was even 
whatever a dozen or maybe more episodes ago that we were saying like i can't believe there's not a fastest oracle deck in historic yeah you know i guess and then i think we're just like you just need the right enabler and this will be it and that was the thing so and anytime that happens in the future they have to wonder is there going to be a a broken fastest oracle combo deck so just getting rid of it for that reason is fine but i think if that's your reasoning you should ban both that's why i think you either ban tainted pact or you ban both exactly We'll see. I mean, they'll just ban Tainted Pact in like a few months or whatever. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see if, if the Tainted Pact deck ends up coming to the championship, if people are still wanting to play it uh, with uh-huh. Jace as a win con. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see. That is next weekend. Uh, so People are saying it's like the Hogak thing, but, you know, that's a modern thing, but quickly they banned... They didn't want to ban the new card Hogak, so they banned bridge from below which was the main enabler for that deck yeah and then the deck actually got better because it turns out people were just assuming they always had to play bridge from below and not really considering other options and once they were forced to consider other options they got a much more consistent and solid deck and it just got more (laughs) dominant (laughs) hey that could be a thing that's funny that's uh that's great so Um, you know i don't think that'll happen here this definitely is going to hurt the deck and not make it better but you know Stranger things have happened. People just get more creative when they're forced to be. And the deck the deck could get better because people like the deck was still pretty new when it Thassus Oracle got banned and they're just gonna tune it and with Jace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, also, so today we are recording on Thursday. Uh, so officially the um, historic anthology number five are out on arena. Um, if you want to hear our thoughts about that, listen to the last episode. And what else was I saying? Oh, Twitter tweets this week. <laughs> Jeff, guess what? What? The Pro Tour is back. Oh, man, that's awesome. It's what about, so exciting. Like, championships and, you know, nationals? And... Uh, yeah, we, we got nationals. And... All that's back? Yep. Uh, we have nationals. Wow. Uh... Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, oh, this is for flesh and blood. Oh, oh. different card game? Different card game. Oh, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Man, that tournament structure sounds awesome, though. I yeah. Wish there was some, something like that for Magic. That would be really cool if there was something for Magic. So weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, hilarious news. Magic decides to destroy its uh, competitive uh, kind of, you know, they kind of killed competitive Magic a little bit, um, or at least as far as the pro level. And then Flesh and Blood decides to name their big tournament the Pro Tour. <laughs> like a week or two later. <laughs> and, oh, it's so funny. Um, so Gregor Kowalski was really excited about it. And he ends up like posting a bunch of pictures on Twitter. Former Magic Pro. Yeah, former Magic Pro. Uh, you might have seen him. He came in second in the uh, Call Time Championship. Um, so he was like posting pictures with uh, some flesh and blood cards being like, I always told myself I was going to win a PT and now I'm going to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God. It's just, it's so, it's funny. It's just so funny. Oh, well. Anyway, let's get right into the episode. I think that sounds like a, a good good thing to do. Um, first of all, Drunken Vorthos. Hey, what is this? What are we doing? Well, uh, for those who don't know, Vorthos, so magic players, there's all these archetypal magic players that are named. You know, Spike means somebody who's competitive. So I guess Spike is dead. Spike, uh, they killed Spike. Yeah, maybe Killed Spike. Uh, and there's Timmy and, and Johnny, and I don't actually know what all of them mean, but I do know that Vorthos means somebody who's really into the story. Yes. So basically what we're going to do is that we are talking about the story of Strixhaven. Um, 
while, you know, drinking some beers. We, if you, This is the episode for you if you did not listen to or read any of the story. You don't know anything about it. We're going to tell you everything we know about it. Um, yeah, well, you know, whatever, kind of drunk. Well, right. having a good time. Yeah, there you go. Having a good time. That's and a that, good then way. then you don't have to read it. Yes. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun when we did this for Call Time, because actually knowing the story is kind of cool when some of the cards show up. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I get this now this is, a little bit more. You know? Yeah, it's kind of the thing that like a lot of tournament players seem to not care about in the slightest, and casual mm-hmm. players care about a ton. Um, specifically, cosplayers care about it a lot, because obviously they're playing characters. Um, and I have been in and out of it for, for a little bit, and I really enjoy reading these stories and learning more about it and seeing how the story is not always the same as what's on the card, which uh, <laughs> you would think was kind of telling the story, but sometimes there's some discrepancies. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but stick around if you want to learn a little more about Strixhaven. Exactly. Yeah, so basically Strixhaven is a school of mages. Everyone kind of knows that. There are five different colleges. Um, they all surround the Biblioplex, which is the library in the center. Um, and there are torches that uh, go from each of the colleges. And if you follow the torches, they will bring you to the Biblioplex, which is like the greatest yeah. library in the multiverse. Yeah. I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. That's what they say. I don't know if anyone's traveled to every library on the multiverse and can justify this claim, but... Uh, yeah. Maybe Tamiyo? You know, they, they've self-proclaimed best library in the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so basically, let's just drive, let's just go into it. Let's go. All right. Yeah. I mean, the only other, other backstory I'll mention a little bit is that this, uh, school is on a bigger plane called Arcavios. So it is not a whole plane into itself. It is just one area on that plane. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So So you can leave Strixhaven campus and go out into Arcavios and be among the, you know, the village. There's a village there that, uh. People features and in the story things. And, you know, uh, so basically, there are five some bad bad dudes. Yeah, there are like five uh, chapters, I guess, or episodes they call them, um, which is fairly normal for now. They've been doing kind of like five episode story bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the third yeah, time. Call time was the same. Call time was the same, and so was Zendikar, I believe. Um, and then before that, they used to do books, uh, which they're moving away from, which I think is probably a good idea. Uh, <laughs> they were not well received. No, they were they were not. Um, anyway, so the first episode is called "Classes in Session," and uh, well, sure, they all have cheesy titles. It like that. is. Um, it kind of starts with uh, Liliana or Professor Onyx, as she's known mm-hmm. at Strixhaven, um, and she's in the library. And there's like she's looking for books, and then there's like this purple mage that we now know as the Orique. They're trying to steal this book this i don't know forbidden book and she's like oh shit maybe i should warn people about these orique folks yeah she has a bit of a bit of a clash with this uh infiltrator and then the infiltrator vanishes yeah um though this is one of the i'm going to stop us real quick but it's really early um it's early for that yeah but it's one of these weird things we're like okay so basically from this instance we kind of realize that the orique are trying to steal spells from the library so they can practice magic elsewhere. Why would the library have like a forbidden section or forbidden magic that none of the kids are supposed to use? Like, I don't know, Harry Potter had it. I know, why did they have that? <laughs> why is there a restricted section where, oh, these are the books for no one? Like we, we keep them, 
but no one's supposed to read them. We better them. keep some spells for evil folk. Just, just in, case. in case. But they're forbidden on school grounds and by anyone who's a student or you'll get expelled. But we keep the books kind of open and uh, <laughs> yeah. just out there. It's not that hard to access them. It's really not. As we continue to see, there are just a lot of times people can find forbidden magic and they're just like, yeah, it was just right there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, my first gripe is... What? Um, I guess it's for the professors. They need to know that stuff. Maybe. To, maybe they can... It. Can't they have their like own collection in their, like, their own Yeah, just have area? a professor's lounge or whatever. All the deans can be like, hey, well, if you're a dean, you can read these books. But if you're not a dean, yeah. you can't. That seems like really simple. Um, anyway, uh, Liliana's like, oh, these people seem bad. Um, and she goes to tell the other deans, and they don't really give a shit. <laughs> oh, they brush her off hard. They're like, no way. There's like a couple of kids fighting outside, mm -hmm. you know, randomly, having a duel, as they say. And they're like, see? Who could possibly defeat us? The kids <laughs> could protect themselves. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so that was very strange. Um, anyway, we go over to Kylim, which I had to look this up. I didn't know where this was. This is the Battle Bond plane. So if you played Battle Bond, oh, okay. the two heads. That explains why I've never heard of it. Yes, because they don't even really talk about it on Battle Bond at all. You just know, oh, Battle Bond is just a place. Uh, if you don't know what that isn't, is, it, isn't that where Will and Rowan were introduced? Was Battle Bond? It was where they were introduced, but in the story, that's like the second place they've been. You're supposed to assume that they left Eldraine, went to Kylum, did whatever happened in Battle Bond happened. Yeah, and then they come here. Exactly. Uh, okay. So basically, they get a letter of acceptance, which is our first story spotlight card. Story spotlight. <laughs> uh, basically, if you've seen on the cards, there is a thing that says story spotlight at the bottom of uh, some of them. I think there's like 15. Right above the artist. Yeah. Um, and that's supposed to depict the story specifically. So this is our first one. Makes sense. It's just a letter telling them they're going. Though, interesting, it seems like Kazmina is the one who came to Kylem to be like, hey, here's your letter, uh, you, you're you cool, C come to the school with me. Yeah, I mean, do they even actually, like, they kind of mention the letter in passing, that it's shaped like an owl? And yeah, and that's, that's about it. That's about it. Um, Will seems super excited and wants to make sure he packs everything, and Rowan uh, is just like, let's just fucking go. Um, yeah, Will's kind of like your, you know, stereotypical nerd always wants to go to the library and read books yeah he's a bit introverted and... How, okay so we have bookworm in the set why isn't it just a picture of will <laughs> will <laughs> should be the bookworm <laughs> because all he ever talks he's... about is wanting to be in the Literally library always yeah i mean it opens with him trying to figure out which book to bring <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then you know he finds out that there's an entire library full because of for every some book. reason he can only bring one by the way yeah or something like <laughs> a tattered old book he hasn't learned of a backpack yet he had to carry it under his, under his arm, arm. could only bring one so weird yeah so they they end up planes walking together and we do see that um they've talked about this in the past but will and rowan share a spark between the two of them because they're twins Mm -hmm. um, so when they planeswalk, they have to go together. So basically, Rowan's like, it's time to leave. Rowan planeswalks away, and Will just gets dragged along with her. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they meet Kazmina, mm -hmm. uh, who basically walks them to Strixhaven campus. Yeah, this is also when we find out that Kazmina can, like, see through her owls? Yeah, she has a bunch of owls flying around, and so a lot of the story is kind of told through her spying on somebody. Yeah. Or, not a lot, some of it. 
Yeah, but this is the first time we see owls because, like, we meet Kazmina in, like, War of the Spark, right? And she can make a bunch of, like, students, I guess, or wizards. She makes little wizards. She makes wizards. Yeah. But in this one, it's all about owls. And, like, mm-hmm. she just watches whatever She's she wants. She's a crazy owl lady, for yeah. sure. Which is pretty sweet, actually. Though it is funny that it's just not like it's shown on her card as far as we see. There are pictures of owls. Yeah, there are owls in the art. Come on, man. She doesn't. She makes fractals, though. She doesn't make owls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was just surprised that she was such an owl lady, but I'm into it. I like it. Um, so she walks them to campus and then says, "See ya." Yeah. I think she tells them to go. <laughs> she tells them to go find someone named Mavinda, and that is. Mavinda's role in the story. Mm-hmm. Well, Mavinda is the guidance counselor and a really awesome magic card, by the way. Don't forget that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, they don't actually see him, as far as I can. No, they uh, they do not go find gather. Mavinda at all. <laughs> he doesn't feature again. Yeah, but right when during that moment, the reason we're talking about it so long is because it's <laughs> shown in Mentor's Guidance, which is yeah. a story spotlight card. Um, okay, so two kind of boring spotlights right off the bat. Sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. Got it? <laughs> but then there, there's a fight that breaks out. Right. So they immediately come upon across a duel. Mm-hmm. And it's the Prismari versus the Silver Quill. And Rowan basically just runs in and starts helping the Prismari. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm going to help them. Will and Rowan fight together. Their magic doesn't seem to be working together as it usually does, which apparently... So, Rowan's like a... a she's like an electric person. Yeah, she shocks people. Yeah, she's like a Pikachu. And then Will is like a ice man from X-Men. So... <laughs> yeah. Couldn't think of an ice Pokemon. I don't know. Are there ice Pokemon? I don't know. I feel like there's ice moves, there's, at least. Probably. I know there's water yeah. ones. Anyway. For sure, there's got to be an ice. So they do like ice electric uh, stuff. Um, But it doesn't happen to be working that well. And Will's really worried about it. And then Rowan's like, that's fine. I'm good enough by myself. Yeah. So I guess normally they are working together. But this time, like, she melts Will's ice before it hits the guy and stuff like that. Yeah. With her electricity. Um, So that's the beginning of, oh, they're having problems. Which will come up. Several times. A lot. Yeah. So this happens to be the duel that the Deans see when Lilian is talking to them about right. the Orik. And they just like do some magic and push the students away and be like, let's just dispel. I, know. I love how the Dean is like, look at this power of our students. And then like waves a hand and stops it all yeah. and shoves them apart. <laughs> Nobody could defeat that. And then easily <laughs> defeats it with a wave of her arm. It's like, you should be worried about this because... There are people who hate you, and you know this, and you're laughing at them. And, like, they come up in the story, in the side stories, they come up a lot, and it seems like they are dangerous. Yeah, they're just, like, kidnapping people and stuff. Yeah, but in, like, the main story, everyone just kind of doesn't, at at least in the school, it seems like they're a laughing stock. Right. However, we do meet Luca on the plane. We, uh, Luca from uh, Ikoria has... He like ran, I think he randomly planes walks at the end of Aquaria, which is a normal thing that happens. And just like, that's when he finds out he's a planeswalker, I guess. And he just shows up on Arcadia. Okay. I was going to ask because I didn't read or like, I don't know anything about what happened in Ikoria. Yeah. So I think. Uh, like, I only vaguely know who Luca is. I know he can, he has like a thing with animals. Yeah. But he's kind of like a dick. He's not a great guy. 
I um, got that from this story. Yeah. yeah, but it's not really shown on any of the cards, right? You can look at the yeah, cards. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't know that at all. I was surprised when. Yeah. You know, well, no, no spoilers, of course. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. But <laughs> as far as his past, if you know a little bit about the Aquaria story, he's kind of a dick, um, and he like doesn't really care that much about the animals that he's bonding with. He just uses them to his benefit. Um, right. So it's not like this cute, oh, it's me and my little fox buddy. I love animals. Yeah, well, in this one, it feels a little bit more like that. In the last one, I guess, he just like, oh, this one's really strong. And then he like fights with it and he's like, oh, this one's not as strong as I thought. I should ditch this one and get a better one, kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the kind of guy he is. It's the Pokemon trainer they told you never to be. Yeah. Okay, so Luca is the Pokemon trainer, I guess, <laughs> of this. That definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. So he just is appears here, and he's in some random village in Arcavios. And he tries to get some food. But the villagers have being unable to recognize him, and he's wearing weird attire. Like, he looks nothing like anyone from around there. They assume that he's part of the Auric these group of mages that uh, has everyone except the deans of Strixhaven scared. And so they decide to basically teach him a lesson, try yeah. to whoop his ass. We don't um, take kindly to your types. Exactly. That's, that's basically yeah. what they said. And it, it doesn't go particularly well for them. They get in a few shots. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, like local bears and stuff come over and because Luca, so Luca is a combination between like a Pokemon master and like Aquaman, but like on land, where he's in <laughs> yeah. trouble and then he just kind of like puts out a call to all the creatures and they come and fight for summons him. Summons all the fish. That's basically what happens. It's like That's oh, what he did. Yeah. There's a bear that just comes in and like and like a wolf came. Yeah, in. it's just like okay. Um, I also <laughs> want to point out he looks nothing like an Orik. Nothing. No. He's not wearing a mask. Not. It's not black armor. He's not purple. He's like wearing a red and brown coat. He, you can see his face. It's like how how are you, have you seen an Orik before? I don't think they have. They must not have. You gotta, that's like a common trope in fantasy, though. They make like everyone because there's so many sects and and like different sections. They make everyone of each alignment wear the same shit, but then people are constantly mistaken for being part of that when they're not wearing anything close to the same. It's so that we as, like, the reader or viewer, yeah, you know, know that he's not a part of that. Because everyone who's a part of that wears a metal uh, mask yeah. and <laughs> so black armor. I guess, so either it's, they've heard about the Orik and they don't know what they look like. Yeah, I guess that's the way to th I, think That's about kind it. of it. Or they're just really dumb. Except for all of them went to Strixhaven because they all know magic. Like, everyone on Arcavios yeah. is like, oh, I'm a mage. I used to be doing this stuff. Here's some ink. Yeah, they're just yeah. like farming without actually, you know, grabbing the hoe themselves yeah. or whatever. So it is funny that it's like, okay, well, there's a bunch of people on Arcavios that go to Strixhaven, learn some stuff, and then just go back to farming again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can go to the Biblioplex. It will teach you about the spells of all over the multiverse. You could do all this stuff. I'm going to be a farmer. Yeah, that happens in real life, man. Lots of people get degrees and then just do whatever That they is want. true. That is true. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Because no one will let Luca sleep anywhere or eat any food, he kind of wanders out into, like, the desert. And then um, he eventually is found by Extus, which is the leader of the Orik. And then right. they pull him into 
He basically just follows them. It's like they they kid. So that's what I was gonna ask if we were gonna do this like chapter by chapter because in chapter two we find out more about what happened between. Yeah, so I guess maybe because like I did realize that. Yeah, so anyway, what the reason we know that Extus has taken Luca or whatever is because of the owl eyes that Casmina's watching and sees. Oh, right. there's this guy, and he's he's going with the Orik. Um, are they? Yeah. Kidnapping. I, I'm the one who jumped the gun a bit by because the that's right. in the village is chapter two. So let's just go to chapter two. So chapter two is called yeah. Lessons. Uh, great, uh, good episode titles, by the way. On on theme with the school, I got it. I understand. Um, anyway, so it like a bit on the nose for me, but yeah. Is this when they jump back in time? Yeah. So they go back in time, right? And Luca's like, that's when we find out that he's with the villagers and whatever. And he wanders out into like, I guess the desert. I didn't really know. Just the landscape. I was a They talked about him being like thirsty and hungry. Yeah. So, so like, it's natural to like picture a rocky desert. Yeah. It was like a rocky desert. And so he like sits down and is like really tired. And then he's, oh no, no, sorry. He sees this fox that's trapped under some rocks. Mm-hmm. And he, he saves the fox. And then the fox is like, oh, cool. And then he's like, all right. And then he lays down like, I'm going to die now because I can't eat anything and I'm tired. And he passes out. <laughs> he just passes takes out. a little nap. He just takes a little nap. Because <laughs> I guess he ran away from the villagers after sent, sicking some like feral animals on them. Yeah. Uh, and just wandered. And then uh, when he wakes up, I guess the fox had brought him some grapes. Yeah, it was like some, uh, some grapes and some nuts. And then the yeah. fox was just kind of looking at him with like the head tilt. And he's like, you're cool, fox. I like you. And so then he like decides that... Mind control. Yeah, mind control. <laughs> so he, he puts out his bonders, whatever. And then uh, it becomes his first Pokemon on this plane. Yeah. Or his, yeah, his, his, his number one Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> uh, so they're... Volpex, I guess. Yeah, it's, that's his buddy Volpex. I like that. Mila the Volpex. Also, there's some random shit where, like, Liliana wants to go. She just... Okay, so she survived War of the Spark because Gideon gave up his life for her while Bolas was going to kill her. And now she feels bad about it and wants to bring Gideon back to life. So that is why Liliana is on Strixhaven, is because she's trying to learn how to bring Gideon back to life. Mm-hmm. Um and I've just seen red flags all over the place. This is a terrible idea. Yeah, first of all, didn't she already learn this lesson with her brother? That's what I thought. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it was a few hundred years ago, I guess. You know, yeah. She's gotten a little better now. but I don't know. Uh, yeah, so apparently Liliana's like super old. She's like 200 years mm-hmm. old or something. I think even old. I think that's like Jace and Liliana's like way older than that. Yeah, because like, because it was like her, her pact with the demons and stuff made her like super young and like. She's just stayed young. Yeah, planeswalkers are old too, I think. It's yeah. just the thing. Anyway, uh, that's the reason she's here. Also, earlier, when she's talking about when, like, oh, I'm Professor Onyx or whatever to everybody, she's really upset that nobody recognized her because she used to be yeah. a student it's there. It's like, well, you're a thousand years old, Lilian. Yeah. <laughs> it's because, like, she, so she was a student, I guess, a really long time ago. Um, back like before Dominaria times or right after Dominaria, she goes to Strixhaven, learns how to be a mage, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, earlier in her story, she like tries to save her brother from this illness and she ends up killing him instead. Right, because she was a healer. <laughs> yeah. And there is something about her learning healing magic or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. 
but yeah, she and she can't save her brother, and that's what drives her to necromancy. Yeah, because she wants to like fix the thing that she did wrong. And then at some point, she goes to Strixhaven and learns something. I guess. <laughs> and then. Uh, but then now she's trying to do the same thing. She's trying to bring back. Yeah. Gideon. So it, it, so who who does she go to for advice? She goes to the freaking dragon. She goes to Belladros. <laughs> I want I want to say Belladros Lestrange is what it sounds like because <laughs> yeah. it feels like it's Harry Potter, but um, yeah, maybe a lot of Harry Potter and apparently Pokemon jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't think the Pokemon was going to come out, but I just did. Uh, anyway, so she goes to like Belladros and it's like, hey, can you help me with this thing? And Belladros is like, fuck no, I'm not doing Belladros that. Belladros is like, no, go no. away. So it's and that, my friends, is the role the elder dragons play in this story. That no, there's one other thing that they do in this story, but. <laughs> But it's just like, okay, why did we spend time going to this dragon? It was gonna. Yeah. I thought that it was so gonna be long. cool. It was so long, and it was so. Belladros <laughs> is just like, no, I can't. No. Liliana's like, ah, damn. And then just <laughs> Liliana leaves, and not only that, Liliana was like, she missed all the beginning of school, like missed yeah, days, like missed weeks, of weeks of class, and was like, oh, I guess people will be wondering where I am. The new professor, that's just randomly Professor Onyx, is just not showing up for any of her classes because she's trying to find this dragon. That was so ridiculous. I, I just assumed she was hungover. That's what that's what always happened. If my friends yeah. didn't show up. <laughs> it was just so weird. It was like, what? Why? Why is this part of the story? Why is this part and of the story? Like, and then she gets back. She's like, I guess I can't bring Gideon back. You know? Yeah, she like looks in the mirror for a second. And like there's the card that's not a story spotlight. Wait, that's that's not a story spotlight. It's not. It's not a story spotlight, but you know the card. It's rare. It's like yeah. the black rare lesson. And she's like looking it's in the lesson, mirror. Yeah. And it's like her remembering Gideon dying. And her being like, well, I guess I'm never going to bring Gideon back. And then it's just over. <laughs> and then she just stops caring about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gideon would would be proud of what I did. Yeah, like, or what? something. Okay. Um, just like, what? Also, anyway, that's Liliana. Yeah, so not only that, apparently she also like walked and talked to the, to the Archaics, which don't... Sh- that was like the only time they talked about the Archaics. Oh, yeah. They had to mention them, so they kind of lopped that in. There. Yeah, because they never show up ever again, and yeah. they really seem just kind of random. It's just like these big armed creatures that also live in Arcavios. And don't really give a right. shit about other things. I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of mentions she went to see them, and that that's it. They yeah, nothing. <laughs> that's they like it. told her about something, and she went there, and it was not there. Yeah. Um, after that, then Luca is yeah, around so again. That was Liliana's part. Back to yeah, Luca. back to after Luca. He's uh, after he's caught his first Pokemon. Yeah. So then they go to another village, and then apparently he gets in a fight with Dragon's Guard Elite. <laughs> Is right. All so, I think about. Well, there's like a dragon's guard, which are the pr- people who protect Arcavius against the orc. They're like the police of Arcavius, yeah. I guess. Um, and a dragon's guard is kind of easily defeating like four orcs at once. Yeah. Until Luca steps in and kind of fucks everything up. Because he's like, hey, if someone thought I was an orc, they're probably pretty cool. I'm gonna. Yeah, I didn't follow totally follow his reasoning. Yeah, it was just like, hey, don't, because he has like an anti-establishment thing going on. These must have been the dragon's guard. I heard so much about. Yeah, because because the the villagers who tried to beat him up said they couldn't call the dragon's guard on him because their village was too small to be under dragon's guard support or something. So he's like, oh, this must be the famous dragon's guard. Fuck this person. Let's kill them. (laughs) 
And that's, he just, like, goes ham and just, like, starts attacking this dragon's guard person. Yeah, he, like, gets some wolves to come fuck up the dragon's guard. The dragon's guard's kind of kicking his ass. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Mila saves the day for him. And then after that, then it kind of blends into the moment where he gets, like, kidnapped, I guess, by Extus. Yeah, he starts following those four Auric mm -hmm. that left the fight. And then they knew he was following him, and Extus was like, let him come. Yeah. Um, this is also a good time to mention the Ulrich are just people that just failed out of school. Flunk, flunked out. They just or got like mad and left. Um, expelled. Or just never got accepted. So it's yeah. a bunch of people that uh, just are mad at Strixhaven because they aren't there. Or Yeah, you know. I was hoping it was like deeper than that. Like they were upset with Strixhaven's rules of not being able to study the dark magic. It's some of it, it is really just like Nah, I just failed no. the exam. It's kind of like that. Take. They're like my second, you know, there was my safety school. Yeah. So, so I decided to join Extus and his Oracle. And basically Extus, I think Extus used to go to the school and really wanted to be the Oracle, which is some really high, important uh, person at the school. And all the deans were like, well, no. And he was yeah. like, fuck you guys. Fuck all of you. Yeah. I want to be an oracle. And then basically now they're in a cave and they just have to steal books from the library and try to learn spells, but they're failing over and over and yeah. over again. And I guess this is like Plum the Forbidden, where like, hey. That, yeah, because that's a story spotlight card. I yeah. guess. Is this what it's, because I love this card and it's so disappointing that this is what it is. It, yeah, it's just like, oh, <laughs> hey, guys, we found the book we're looking for. Let's plumb the forbiddenness of it. I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't I, it was basically he's trying to do something and he can't seem to make it work right and apparently luca can help him with the spell i guess that's what well, he well we know what he wants luca for right like that and that's not so that's in chapter three yeah we'll, we will figure out what he needs luca for but he's still... yeah so basically when that the reason he told luca to come and then he says you know i'll help you with something if you help me with something um, yeah and luca's like let's fucking do it yeah that sounds great random creepy guy in a cave that i just met with a bunch of sacrificed acolytes around him yeah um because a, a classic you know bad guy thing hey person come over here i'm gonna kill you for some blood ritual real quick oh yeah. it failed whoops well that's another person gone anyways let me stand in the middle of their bodies while i recruit this new guy yeah <laughs> so that's basically what happens in the first two chapters um, but I really need to grab another beer to finish the yeah. rest of this story out. <laughs> yeah. It's only going to, there are only going to be more interjections. Yeah. So. There's, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Give me that Roman candle. Ah, Henderson's best. Love me a nice amber. Always nice. Always good. Always amber. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Have you ever considered a job in marketing? Um, no, because I know that <clears throat> I'm probably not good at that. Um, okay. This is back to the story. Episode number three. Extracurriculars. Well, here's the thing, Zach. Like, that first part was pretty good. Like, I, I, was, I was loving the story. Okay. You know, there's, like, bears and wolves fighting random villagers and then a fox and dragon people. But I was thinking, like, this is a university story, and there's not enough students bitching. Oh, yes. 
Can we get some? Is that coming, or can oh, we get some of that now? That's or? all. The rest of this is just students bitching. Oh, great! Yeah. Great, great. yeah. So I don't know if this is actually this point in the story, or it was earlier when Will and Rowan saw the the duel breakout. But at some point, there's the story spotlight card, Explosive Welcome, which is essentially Will and Rowan just, I don't know, are there. And they, I, th I think the text on the story spotlight card is like, they always knew that Prismari was for them or something. Um, Rowan and Will were a natural fit at Prismari College, the school of outrageous elemental arts. Yeah, okay, so there is never a moment where they decide they're going to be in Prismari besides helping that Prismari student against the Silver Quill. They just yeah, must have... just, like, understood. They must have just, like, looked at their clothes and were like, well, I'm red and, red and you're blue, so yeah, so we should be Prismari. I also was kind of confused because first years, so they're first-year students... Right. I thought all first-year students had to wear gray uniforms until they chose their school. And apparently, right, Will and Rowan walked onto campus and said, that's my school, done. <laughs> well, they're special. They're Kenrits. Yeah. Though nobody knows them as Kenrits because nobody seems to really know that there are other planes besides them. And they try to keep that a secret, kind of. But you're at school and you're supposed to teach things? I don't know. It's strange. Anyway, so there's a lot of like, oh... Will and Rowan are fighting about something. Will's mad that... Rowan's not taking her studies seriously enough. Yeah, and Will has no friends and is boring. Um, he has a friend. He has a friend because he's in the library all the time with Quint, who is also in the library all the time. And that's it. Rowan has some pretty bitchin' uh, Witherbloom friends. We don't really know how they... She chose well, yeah. They met, but she has these cool Witherbloom friends... It's like Plink and uh, Avernine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember I kept thinking it was like an aubergine. Yeah. You know? Something it was like your friend's an eggplant? What's going on? Something like that. It is interesting. Sometimes they like, there are a couple times in the story where they're saying two names and the first one's really simple and the second one's more complicated. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, okay. Anyway, so these are her I friends. I just wanted there to be like a John at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so anyway... Plint, uh, Rowan, uh, yeah. Aubergine, and uh, John. And John. He's there, too. I guess we have Will. Will is the most... Yeah, that's like, true. Will is that guy. <laughs> just that guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so basically, uh, Rowan wants to spend all her time with her Witherbloom friends, um, and they seem to be having a good time. Like, they're going around. The thing that's ridiculous about this, I'm, I can't even go through all the different fights that they have. There's like... They're, they're fighting about something, and then Will says, oh, don't be so much like mom or something. And then yeah, She gets um, real pissed at that. Really mad. So apparently their birth mother sucks. They I don't, don't like her. I, yeah, yeah, they don't like her very much, or, or at least Rowan doesn't want to be compared to her for whatever reason. Um, because now their mom is, uh, what's her name? The motto white creature from uh, Eldraine. Whatever. They're, Giant killer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> giant killer. Um, anyway, uh, basically, they just have a bunch of random stories. Oh, with her. the the queen lady. Yeah, who, the queen. Uh, gains life when you attack. Exactly. That yeah, that's actually, yeah sure. that that's the mom. Uh, now, that's like their stepmom. Anyway, uh, so Will's in the library and Quint is talking about something about a book or whatever, and then they realize oh, and there's like a foreshadowing well there's always a spell 
There's always one spell that can help there's you. There's always a spell. There's always a spell. All right. So then we go to a um, Mage Tower match. And it's Prismaria against Silverquill again, right? That is correct. Apparently and that's... supposed to have some sort of like rivalry or... Yeah, it seems like it. I think everyone has a rivalry, rivalry with Silverquill, so... Is it kind of like how like Gryffindor and Slytherin play against each other and none of the other schools really matter? Yes. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um... We do know about Witherbloom, and we never talk about Quandrix at all in the entire story. No, not even. I think they they might mention the deans at some point, but they also. Oh yeah, it's true. They throw the dean names out like know, like, like you're I'm supposed, supposed to know. To know. Who they all are. And I'm going through the card image gallery, like flipping between them, like who the fuck is this person they're talking about? Do I actually know who they are? Yeah. They mentioned like eight out of the ten deans, so two of them just like don't show don't, up. Uh, anyway, that's like a side note. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we have a very important thing happens in the Mage Tower match, and it is also a uh, story spotlight card. Yeah, uh, a mascot gets intercepted. Oh my god, yeah. that's the story. I know. That's really imp- I know. yeah. Uh, wow. And apparently Quint is like, I can't believe they did that. How did they do that? If you've watched football, interceptions happen a lot. It's not, it's exciting. It's not like that was, you changed the game. No one has thought about that before. And this is how Quint kind of talks about it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they got away with that. Apparently they did some sort of mind control on the mascot so that it would hate... Oh, we should go back. What's Mage Tower? <laughs> we should talk about Mage Tower. Mage, I thought we were talking about Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, so they're actually super different games. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, Mage Tower is Capture the Flag. Yeah, all right, there we go. It's Capture the Flag with like your uh, the opponent's mascot or your mascot? or how you're, you So you're trying to steal your opponent's mascot and bring it to your side. Right, okay. And I think that their mascots are on top of towers. So wouldn't a mascot interception be what you like literally have to do? Is control the other team's mascot? That does make sense. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that means. Because <laughs> um, Quint was acting like they landed a successful onside kick, you know? Like, yeah. Also in the art, it looks like it's a pest. It doesn't look like it's a inkling or anything. Because, no, it's definitely a pest in the art. Yeah, because every we we know there's all each school has their own summon spell and they all have their own mascots and those are the ones that they. I'm just thinking if you, everything. if you have to play against Quandrix, there's just a big ass fractal or a tiny or like fractal a, or like a fire elemental for. Uh, yeah, how do you Prismar. how do you pick up that thing? Well, this uh, is bullshit. That's why Witherbloom loses all the time because they just have this little <laughs> slug thing. Yeah, it can't even move. Yeah, <laughs> they just like pick up. Oh, I got it, and then you have to run it back to your tower, and you're like, "All right." You know, Prismari's elemental is just punching people who come near. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. Anyway, for some reason, intercepting the mascot has never been done before. I guess was, this was a big play. It was a big, big play. Yes, it's a just like the this card. Is the the big first play. time a hail mary landed, or something, or whatever. Um, so Quint freaks out about it. And then while that's kind of happening, 
Will and Rowan get in a fight again. Yeah, it's worth noting, I think, pretty important, that Will and Rowan aren't on speaking terms. Oh, yes. Than, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and some, like... some time has, has passed since then. Uh, they also room together. So they're not on speaking terms, <laughs> but they are in the same room. Yeah. Um, I've known people like that, though. It's like, I just yeah. spoke to him in three weeks. It's, like, it's your roommate, man. I mean, I, that does make sense. It's weird when it's your sister. It's also weird that Will was, like, really pissed off that Rowan... There's some exam that Rowan didn't study for that much, but she still passed it. And she Will... passed, but like not not well enough for Will's taste. So it wasn't like, hey, your grades are tanking. It was like, hey, you're not applying yourself enough. But she's like, <laughs> yeah. I passed the stupid class and the the test or whatever. Why are you bitching at me? And Will's like, you need to be in the library with me all the time. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to go have fun. I'm really like D for diploma, baby. Yeah, I'm basically against Will most of the story. I'm like, you're boring as fuck. Rowan's awesome. I don't like this. <laughs> anyway, they get another fight and it becomes much more intense where like they're freezing and lightning each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it has and, uh, it draws the ire of a certain professor. Yes. Um, which. Well, it's Professor Onyx. I don't know how to get into that, but... <laughs> yeah, that, I was trying to set you up there, and then I was like... I, I was like, I don't know much. if I have anything. Anyway, so Professor Onyx comes, picks them up, and she decides that she's going to be, like, their mentor, kind of, and brings them to her office and just gives them a professor's warning, like the yeah. story spotlight oh, card. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, she's sort of like, why are you guys fighting? And then she's like, whatever. Anyway, so there's the Auric... And uh, they're going to be a problem, guys. Yeah. Also, Will <laughs> thinks it's really exciting that he finds out that she's a planeswalker because she mentions the plane. And he's like, yeah, oh, Yeah, she says something cool. about this, this plane. And it's noted that Will realizes Rowan didn't pick it up because she's not as smart as him or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It was told through his eyes. Classic. Classic Will. <laughs> Typical Will. And then immediately after this, they don't just... They like... Okay. They go to the library... So we can have the story spotlight card, practical research. And then immediately Rowan gets up and leaves <laughs> and just like does her own shit. And they're like, whatever. We don't need to be around each other anymore. Yeah. But she basically warns them about the orc. She says, we're not the only ones who practice magic on this plane or something. And that's mm-hmm. the tip off. That we were talking that, about. Yeah. Anyway. And then Will's like, Rowan, there's like enemies on this plane. Let's go to the library. And she says, no, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> or like practice dueling. So when I meet them, I can fight them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I think she makes a lot more sense to me most of the time. But whatever. We'll get to that part. Um, jump forward. We see Kazmina is like looking through her owls like she does. Classic Kazmina. And Kazmina's then Mina. she's watching Luca because she's like, this guy's sketchy. And he yeah. just like does the full turns, looks right at the owl in the eyes, and looks into her soul, basically. And she's like, whoa, fuck, that's creepy. Damn. Um, <laughs> it's like a, the you're, you're committing a crime and you look at the security camera, like, yeah. right at them. Sup. <laughs> uh, was, oh, I thought it was Extus that did that. Was it Luca? I think it was Luca. Power move, either way. Um... So Rowan's hanging out with her Witherbloom friends, and one of her friends tips her off saying, um, some of these are, there's like a lot of these like kind of thrown in little foreshadowing things. And uh, her, her Witherbloom friend is like making a potion with a pest or whatever. And um, she's just talking about how some sacrifices are necessary for the greater good, which 
we will see some more sacrifices for the greater good in the future as well. And you're like, oh, sweet. Okay, check. Got it. That's good. Thank you. Um, and then Will and, I just have in my notes, Will and Rowan fight again about something. Right. I don't even know what it is, um, but it happens for a reason. And I guess just your uh, note about foreshadowing, and this mm-hmm. might be giving too much away, so we'll just cut this out if, uh, if, if it we is, decide right. that's true. But I realize we didn't mention it. When Quint is freaking out about the mascot interception, he points out that it only works on summoned creatures, this spell, too. Yes. Take control of them. Right. So, so basically the interception was they took control of the mascot, had it fight against its owner, and then kind of jumped over to the other person. Not saying that's important or anything. I just oh, it's like, totally not important exactly at all. Exactly what Quint said, because it's, it's important Quint's exact words. Yeah, yeah, because Quint is probably posterity. the most interesting character, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chapter yeah, chapter three reminded me of like book because I haven't mentioned Harry Potter in, in too long. You know, it was like mm-hmm. book five of Harry Potter, where it's like, man, this is a lot of whining. It was like it's <laughs> so much book. whining. You know how the first nine chapters of that book are Harry like wondering if his friends hate him now and have abandoned him? And, yeah, because he's having all that teen angst. That's just Will. That's just yeah. That's, Will is like that all the time. It's like that, <laughs> but we don't have to listen to Will's dreams. Also, <laughs> right. so I think it's a little bit better. Um, yeah. Also, like this chapter ends with Kazmina, like seeing Luca in the school, and then they just fucking go at it they start fighting oh yeah they just it's time yeah you could see this on the card test of talents that is not a spotlight card (laughs) correct i don't know why it isn't but it seems pretty important to the story but it wasn't um so luca's in the school attacking kazmina and then while they're like fighting some pretty easily yeah it's not like a fair fight it just seems like She's like, dude, I'm going to totally take over this whole thing. And he even says, like, well, I mean. So he says, oh, you know, I just needed, I didn't need to defeat you. I just needed to distract you long enough. And then as he says that, right. mage hunters just invade Strixhaven. Yeah, so there are these things called mage hunters, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, That's what, Yeah. Yeah. So there was some, like, reference to them earlier where Luca looked at a stalactite or stalagmite i always forget which one hangs from the ceiling which mm-hmm. one hangs from the floor but dan's uh, like oh it's a creature i feel like i recognize that um that's all we got about the presence of mage hunters yeah and it turns out there are these like big bugs that have like i don't know they may have mage resistant armor or they they seek no, out they seek out magic mages. wielders yeah. to try to like suck their power or something they just know. like look for magic and then like kill it basically Right. Well, they hunt mages. Like, That's basically what they do. Yeah. Right. But, like, I was wondering what makes them good at that. Like, why are they particularly effective against mages? Or is it just that... No. Like, that's the... they, it never says that they're good mage hunters. It just says that they are mage hunters. <laughs> I see. So they are hunting mages. But then, but then, like, if they hunt mages already, couldn't you just get them to Strixhaven and let them loose? Why do you... So, anyways, we realized that Luca's part in the plan of Extus was because he can control animals, he needs to control all these mage hunters to attack Strixhaven. Yeah. So he and Kazmina realizes this too. Somehow 
for some reason, Luca had to fight Kazmina for like 30 seconds. I don't know. Because why. if she noticed the mage hunters, like. She would have stopped I don't it? Know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, anyway, she's like, crap, and fucking dips. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole story. She's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. I'm out. I bounce. So she just planes walks <laughs> away. She just planes yeah, she walks just, away. She's like, fuck this. She just leaves the plane. So this makes me really co- concerned or just confused. Who the fuck is Kazmina? Who is this person? She like, okay, so we see her in War of the Spark. We don't know who she is. We're like, oh, sweet. It'll be so cool to see where she's from. Apparently, she's not from Strixhaven because she's not a teacher. She doesn't seem to be a student. She knows about it. And she recruits people. Seems to be allowed there. Yeah, she like. Rec- she's a recruiter. Yeah, she's, she's, she's a recruiter for sticks. Recruiter. That's what she does. And whenever there's trouble, she's like, peace, and then just dips. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah, so she brought Will and Rowan there and then was like, okay, have fun. I have more important things to do, which apparently were to send her owls around spying on stuff. Yeah. And then when she scouts out the problem, she just leaves. She just leaves. It's <laughs> It was it was hilarious, but I just have. I don't know what she's. What does she do? I don't but she's so powerful that Luca was defeated easily by her, but yeah. also felt the need to distract her. Because it's also good to know, like, Luca can't fight super well. It seems he he's can... controlling, like, hundreds of mages. Well, that's also, that's that's one big part of it. I also think that he's just, like, needs a buddy to get him out of trouble all the time. Right. Yeah. He relies on his, you know, animal... Friends. Slaves. Yeah. Slaves. Uh, whatever. His Pokemon... Um, right. So we get to have a nice cliffhanger into episode four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's like Kazmina's part of the story was yeah. to bring them there, tell the story through her eyes a couple of times because of her owls, and then just leave at the first sign of trouble. And just is gone forever. <laughs> that's it. It's oh, so, so weird. Anyway, um, episode four is put to the test. It's an invasion. Oh my gosh. The mage hunters are coming out, and so that is They're everywhere. that is uh, signified by the story spotlight card, Mage Hunters Onslaught, which you could probably guess. Oh, but like, guess. the one thing, too, is Luca kind of explains, right, at the end of Chapter 3, why he's doing this to Kazmina, or is that, do we find out his motivations later? Um, I don't really remember. What, what are his motivations? <laughs> his reasoning was that um, if there was this band of Auric that people were afraid of, then it's because Strixhaven is too, are being dicks and like, are too elitist. And so yeah. he's gonna join them and fucking destroy all of Strixhaven. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's that it. was all it took. He got attacked by some, you know, random villagers, and he was like, yo, this, through a weird chain of logic, is Strixhaven's fault, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna burn that fucking place to the ground. Yeah, and that's basically what they're trying to do. That's, I was like, what the, what is happening? <sighs> um, yeah. Anyway, Rowan and Will are, are fighting off the the mage hunters by the biblioplex, and you know, doing what they can. Liliana is also fighting with some of the other deans, and then they eventually somehow realize that Luca's controlling all of them, and then once again, because he's like standing there at some point. Yeah, she's like, it's him. Must be him. Um, and this is all kind of represented in uh, the story spotlight card, Defend the Campus, obviously. Um, yeah, I got that from yeah. the card. Th- throughout all of this, we also have someone saying, once again, there's always a spell. We're like, yeah. okay, one of the deans says it or something. Oh, oh. 
Oh, so there there must be a spell. Yeah. What are the spells that we've heard about in this? Well, only one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so basically Liliana tries to, like, she realizes that the attack is actually a decoy, and she takes Will and Rowan, and they're going to go find the real baddies, essentially. Right. So she's like, that guy's controlling all of them because I see him, and he's in a red hoodie. And, uh, he looks he just be... like an Arik. <laughs> <laughs> he must be controlling all of them. But, but why? Ah, it makes no sense. Unless it's supposed to make no sense because it's a decoy. Yeah. Um, she's very wise. She's very She bold, is. So. Yeah, yeah, she is. So um, She's seen this all. She's seen it all before. I know? guess. Um, and so she decides to take them into these tunnels. It's like an access tunnel, which is a card in the that set. That she discovered as a student. Yes. So it's it's like her uh, showing them her Marauder's Map, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Harry Potter again. <laughs> um, and while this is kind of happening, a big thing happens. The dragons come for about one, about two lines in the whole story. I um, think, yeah, there's a mention of fire here and there. Yes. So basically, uh, this is the story spotlight card draconic intervention and apparently all the dragons came and started burning up mage hunters but didn't really seem to do very much because we don't really talk like about almost it. incinerating their own students a few times yeah basically but they don't it's just kind of like oh cool so the the dragons made the school and then dipped because they were bored gave all the power to the deans and then come back and just burn it or try to defend it i guess it's kind of nice you know they're like hey let's just defend the school um, it feels like they could have easily wiped everything out. But. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's very short, very small part that you could easily just not even notice it was there. Um, yeah, but none of them are mentioned by name as no, doing anything absolutely particular. There's just like fire coming from the sky. So, yeah. And, uh, so that's why I was saying like the chat with Bellatros Witherbloom is the is, only role they actually play in the story. That's, because also this doesn't matter because it's a decoy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, great, thanks for flaming some of those things. Oh, yeah. for some reason, Liliana figures out this is so this is the decoy. The plan is that the Orik are gonna go to the biblioplex, because that's where all the mage hunters are kind of trying to protect, I guess, or get people away from. Uh, and Extus is going to do something there. Right. Now, I'd like to jump in here because at this point I was just like, it's so interesting reading a story when you've seen the cards. Because yeah. like, I know what Extus is trying to do, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, I know, well, I, if you if you guys don't want to know, by the way, and you have an Extus or Overlord in front of you, don't flip it over. Don't don't flip it over. Yeah. Don't flip it over. Um, but it's so weird because I was like, I wonder if he's going to be doing that i guess it must be <laughs> i don't know what that means really but yeah um anyway so it's just kind of interesting is at certain points you like know it fills in sometimes the story fills in the cards for you and sometimes the cards fill in the story for you yeah there were times where I'm like oh that's kind of nice but there were other times where i'm like why was this card a story spotlight and this card wasn't a story spotlight for sure or yeah. why wasn't there a card made for this story spotlight anyway um it turns out the Hall of Oracles, which is a land from the set, is like underneath the Biblioplex, and it's on top of a snarl. And a snarl right. houses like the Strixhaven snarl, and I thought there were five snarls. I also thought there were five snarls. So basically, Arcavios is like made, 
snarls. There's five snarls that birthed the dragons. From you know, and so each dragon represents one of the snarls because they're all the colors of those dragons. Those dragons made Strixhaven, which happened to also have a snarl underneath it, um, which is just like a place of lots of magic of the plane. Yeah, it's like Nissa's it's the favorite most thing. Snarl, I guess. I guess I don't know. Apparently, there's a snarl there, and apparently, it's the most important one because they have to have their thing happen at this snarl and not one of the other snarls. I don't really know, but that's what happens. Um, <laughs> uh, go to this mysterious snarl. Yeah, and then like all the Arik are attacking them and trying to use magic or whatever, and they like barely Will and Rowan barely survive and get into the hall of the oracles. Um, but kind of as that's happening, Extus has already summoned the Blood Avatar. Oof. You mean his plan was to awaken the blood avatar? His plan was to awaken the blood avatar. Oh my god, I could yeah. have seen that coming. I did not know Extus was going to awaken the blood avatar. Wow. It was crazy. Uh, just nuts. Which is just a big ass blood elemental for lack of Yeah, it's got a huge term. It's got a huge Four axe. Four arms and an axe and swords and Yeah. So anyway, into our last episode. Final exam. So that that's a quite a cliffhanger there. It is run in and like you know, he's doing some shit. Yeah, but when we're getting into this next bit, um, it is interesting because the story over and over again talks about how much blood is everywhere, on the ground, on the walls. They're stepping in it. You can't tell whose blood is whose blood or all that because you know blood avatar. Mm -hmm. So blood is like siphoning into this mm -hmm. big blood elemental, presumably. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it's coming from. This but. snarl slash all the mage hunters dying slash the students. All the blood from the battle outside. Maybe I the guess, students are like siphoning into the this ground. One central point. I don't know. Uh, that's not really explained. But if you look at any of the cards, there's no blood on the ground anywhere. In any of the uh, yeah. yeah spotlights for cards. It's just that's like true. it's just so strange. It's like there's a lot of points where like somebody falls down and we're like, oh, are they dead? Is that their blood? And we just don't know because everyone's covered in blood. I, I was just like surprised. I was like, oh, okay, there's blood everywhere. That's cool. Um, they're fighting and doing yeah. stuff. Throughout this, there's a point where uh, Liliana is like, hey, I'm going to fight Extus because I'm the grown up with these two children. I should probably do this. And Extus is like, uh, bye. And then he just bounces her back to her opponent's hand. Um, yeah, he unsummons her. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> She gets like re. What is it? Re he like teleports her across to the other end of the plane. Yeah. Basically. Um, but it felt like a bounce spell. It was <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, boom. All right. And she's like, oh. she's like, well, I'm going to get to this fight too late. Yeah. I'm going to walk for a really long time. Um, so she's gone. All right. So now it's just Will and Rowan, Blood Avatar, Extus. Yeah. And, and I want to like, I know you're thinking like, oh, no, she put up more of a fight than that. Like, they're not doing it justice. No, no. Nope. <laughs> he, he just teleports her away. And she's like, shit, I didn't see that coming because it's not considered an aggressive magic or whatever. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't sense him targeting me with a 
<laughs> the kill spell. He just brought some really sweet tech that she wasn't expecting to the tournament. <laughs> this was like, yeah, she had like hexproof or something ready, and this was like target opponent returns the non-land permanent with the greatest mana value they yeah. control to its owner's <laughs> hand. The... And they're like, fuck. Fuck, I didn't see that one coming. That's basically what happened. Um, and so she's just like out of the game. We're like, oh, okay. Uh, and so now it's just these kids against this like, uh, you know, Blood Avatar slash its first year is against guy who it's unclear how far he actually made it but yeah he made it far enough to request a pretty high honor mm -hmm. i suppose he felt comfortable doing that and then when they rejected him he was like i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna show you one day you'll see <laughs> i'll destroy this entire campus because you didn't promote me yeah it's like <laughs> Just be a farmer, man. They're having a lot more fun. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah, I... Also, I think throughout all the, like, dragons coming and flaming things, Luca's like, peace, guys. I'm done now. I'm oh, yeah, once the, the tide started to turn. So that's true. The dragons did kind of turn the tide of that fight. And then Luca just kind of like, well, all right, and just let the mage hunters go. And then the mage hunters were attacking the auric because yeah. they were the closest magic source. Yeah. So that, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. But apparently, eventually, Luca gets away with some of the Orik. Um, while Rowan is looking at Extus, she's like, shit, I gotta do something about this. And I saw that blood avatar get kind of summoned around the snarl. So what if I steal the magic from the snarl and start to use it on Extus? Which brings us to Crackle with Power. Makes sense. Right. She's floating. Which is another foreshadowing point we kind of missed, but there's an earlier scene where she steals the energy from, like, an elemental that happens to be in the library or something. Oh, so she right. Knows, she knows how to do that. Yeah. Because she just sucks energy out of people? Like, <laughs> Will, I guess? <laughs> she sucks the life out of people. Kind of. <laughs> in that story. Um, yeah. Anyway, so she's, like, doing some cool stuff against... Uh, Oh, no, what she did, she floats in the air. This isn't on the card. Yeah. And then she, like, breathes in and just fucking breathes fire on Extus. What was, yeah. that was awesome. That's not on the yeah. card. Why isn't Crackle with Power, like, her with the flame mouth? It's like, also, she does flames now? I thought she was just electricity. I was a little confused, but I was like, I'm about it. Awesome. It seemed pretty sweet. Still awesome. Pretty sweet. Whatever. <laughs> she, she like soaks up all this energy from this, you know, the most powerful magic source on the entire plane. Mm -hmm. It's too much for her to handle, but she still does it anyways. Just like blasts it all at Exus. So I'm thinking she chose X equals one because there's only one target. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she gets exhausted and kind of just like falls to the ground. I was like, whoops. That yeah, well, she lot. tries to, like, keep going, and it becomes too much for her. Yeah. And Extus laughs at her. Yeah, he, he gets, like, smacked into the wall from the fire, and it was like, oh, that's fine. I'm, I'm chill. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, even realistically, though, if she chose X equals 1, that's 5 damage, and he's a 2-4. So I don't know what happened there, but... Uh, he had... He should, he should be dead. He should be dead. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so she's kind of on the ground, and then Will is also on the ground from something else and, like, crawls over to her to, like, see if she's okay. And then he, like, whispers his idea in her ear. Not really, but he kind of just, like, tells her, hey, I have a plan. Are you guys ready for the plan? It's a, it's a pretty good one. We've been working up to this one. Because yeah. there is always a spell. There's um, always a spell. And 
to use the spell, you need to have the culmination of all of your studies, <laughs> which is the story spotlight. Will decides to mascot interception the uh, blood avatar. Yes, which he knows will work because it's a summoned creature. Whoa. It's a summoned being. Quint, you're so smart. Thanks so much for all yeah. of that, that stuff before. Thanks, Quint, for geeking out about a totally normal play in this game. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I do love about this is that um, playing mascot interception on a blood avatar is actually pretty sweet. <laughs> I was thinking about that when it happened, when this came up, and I was like, yeah, someone who's played a lot of Awaken the Blood Avatar, that would hurt a lot. That would hurt a Somebody lot. for some reason had mascot interception. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I am, I really like, this is a great flavor one with the cards. And <laughs> yeah. and they, I think they did it's a like really good job. damage coming at you. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, we want a Blood Avatar. Let's make it a, <laughs> for the story, it has to be a token. And then, right. you know, we can have this sweet interception spell that intercepts tokens. It's great. Yeah, that was cool. I, I was so I, agree. I was really happy by that. That uh, yeah, you kind of you obviously you knew it was going to happen the whole time, but over a couple stories, I'm like, oh, sweet. Um, yeah. What happens after this? Oh, uh, because they intercepted the blood avatar, he grabs Exodus and then just crunches him. Just yeah. just just in one hand. Yeah, and then retreats into the <laughs> into the. Uh, uh, snarl mm -hmm. they just like make him go back into the snarl yeah but he kind of like rowan falls limp again because like there's too much magic going on too much power and as mm -hmm. uh will is also i guess on the ground i don't exactly know how this happened but this isn't really he got, he got smacked around earlier he did I, I think it was by Extus. yeah some some point in the story but um or maybe it was the blood avatar i don't remember as the blood avatar is going back into the snarl Buckle your seatbelts, people, because something happens. It's really big. <laughs> Actually, this is like the only important part. This is the most, if you haven't cared about the rest of this podcast or the story or anything, <laughs> this is the most important thing that you should know that happens in this. Because you don't know that this happens because of the cards. Right. The blood avatar cuts off Will's right leg. Yes. As he's like leaving, he just slams down his sword i think it says he hits a big boulder or something that crushes will's yeah. leg or does he actually cut no he off? cut i think his blade is sliding on the ground and oh, will's right. in he the way right through his and he leg. just slices right through oh, his but leg he pushes rowan out of that because rowan can't move will jumps over pushes rowan out of the way but the sword gets his yes leg. yes that's very true um you're right so it does make will look like to a, give yeah, will hero. some credit yeah some credit story. i mean he has credit he does know the spell to save them but obviously rowan's the more yeah, powerful quint would have came up with it sooner quint would have yeah <laughs> that's very true um but what the fuck why is that not a card why is that on anything why isn't that like a like lash of malice or any sweet common for draft or anything is just like will's legs gone or something like i don't know <laughs> like, what why didn't they put that on a red burn spell or or anything that's huge yeah i thought they were going to stop now people are just going to be like wondering the next time will shows up he's going to have a, an ice leg yeah from the knee down so basically like, why yeah so basically what happens is like uh, after that, Will's like bleeding out. Duh, his leg's fucking gone. But they can't tell where the blood is because there's still blood everywhere. Um, Apparently. Rowan is also kind of passed out, but she tries to crawl over. She like wakes up, crawls over towards Will. And then luckily, um, Dean's Nasari and Lisette come. They're just, they just know that they're there. 
and then kind of like pick them up and take them out as the the whole place is crumbling down. Um, sweet, thanks, Deans. You did something. Which is like the the red Prismari Dean and the green Witherbloom Dean, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. And then we jump five weeks in the future. Uh, and as you said, do you want to talk about Will's leg? Yeah, so I guess they offer him like a, a replacement, like living leg, one of the it's like a, Wither... I think it's it, like a tree. It I thought it was like a tree it, or something, yeah. The, yeah, they're going to like grow him. They're going to plant a new leg for him and it'll grow into uh, the bottom of his leg and he says no and so now he is forging his own leg out of ice uh, and regularly maintaining it yeah. with his ice magic so it's, it's like a combination p- between like ice and steel so he has like the steel like structure it's kind of like his bones so he has like a steel bones right yeah and then, and then he then just he, makes ice around it and he, he freezes just... around that kind of structure that yeah. you've plugged into his stone kind of all the time um, which reminds me a lot of Tezzeret. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh, oh, so you have like a Tezzeret leg? Okay. Um, yeah. Again, what the fuck? <laughs> that was crazy. Um, yeah. I can't believe I just, it's just such a, I guess it's like a fun thing. If you read the stories, you know that his leg's gone. But if you play the game, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I just it's like, why the fuck does Will have a frozen leg? In, in the next set. Yeah. It's just going to be like, what happened? Um yeah, and then uh, there's some nice things. Will has a, a cane that he also walks with uh, that's, that's made of wood. And Quint actually put in some runes uh, into the, the cane that are like stability and strength or something to, to make him feel better. So that, that, that feels nice that Quint and him are like good friends or, or whatever. And they're like legends around the school now. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks they're... Is that everyone heard of this them defeating this blood avatar yeah. and whatnot? They're, everyone's whispering, that's Harry Potter. That's Harry right. Potter. <laughs> Basically. And then Will and Rowan finally suck it up and they hug it out and say I love you to each other. So, Yeah. And Rowan's like, all right, so you ready to leave? <laughs> Will's like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, we just defeated the blood avatar. What could they possibly, what more could they possibly teach us here? And then he's like, if anything, we learned that we, our magic isn't good enough. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, we we defeated the Blood Avatar, but uh, Will's like, oh, but how did we defeat it? But a spell that we learned here, we should continue right. learning yeah. so we can defeat everything. And Rowan is still like, whatever, you can do that. I'm going to do my thing. But at least they're like, that's fine. Hey, it's cool to be whatever you want to be. If you're the If you're the brother, I guess, who goes to the library, looks up everything... That's awesome. You're going to need the really powerful one to come in and help you cast a spell correctly. Um, yeah. I'm still on Rowan's side for most everything, so. <laughs> Will's the Hermione. Yeah, he's basically the Rowan's Hermione. Will's the Harry Potter. Yeah. And then Luca is now wandering around again with the Orik who are left after everything. So I guess he's their new leader because Extus is dead. And then uh, Liliana, once again, goes on a fucking adventure by herself, trying to figure out how to bring Gideon back, but then decides, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then she walks into her class and says, welcome to the introduction of necromantic arts. I'm Liliana Vess. Yeah, so you're made to understand that she's just going to accept her life as a professor here, at least for 
a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. And she she's going to lay down some deeper roots and just yeah. actually be a professor here instead of kind of frauding everyone's tuition and being a fake professor while she tries to search out this other goal. Yeah. And now she's using her real name. Good job. Yep. Which apparently has been a long time coming. Yeah, well, you always teach your first few years under a fake name so that rate my profs, you know, all the oh, reviews are in the yeah. yeah, under that one instead. Right. Um, once, you've, once you start getting the 5.0s, then you, okay, now I'll open my, yeah. under my real name. So the as far as like magic implications, I guess, it kind of feels like that's where we're going to leave Liliana for a while, right? Yeah, that, yeah, like I have nothing against Liliana, but she appears often at least mm -hmm. and especially over the last little while i just feel like there's so many liliana cards that have come out in a flurry mm -hmm. over the past few years so totally okay if there's just another black planeswalker that plays that role for a little bit of time mm -hmm. so um so yeah she's going to be at strict saver davriel or something yeah to learn more about mm -hmm. him um i'm i'm totally good with that okay so it kind of feels like her her ending a little bit which is uh Good. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see her again. There's no way they're just going to be like, uh, never again. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. She's too popular a character. Maybe she'll eventually sacrifice herself for someone and continue that trend. Whenever we go back to Strixhaven or Arcavios or whatever and and uh, deal with that. But anyway, that was the, the main story of Strixhaven. Whew. Uh, that took a, a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you're wondering why we didn't do a good job explaining a lot of the motivations behind the character's actions, <laughs> we explained everything that was there. We did. <laughs> we did explain as much as we could. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Extus really was just whiny over not getting, you know, the job he applied for mm -hmm. and decided to spend years of his life Searching out the perfect spell to obliterate the school. Yes. There are some side stories that also come out. Um, I read all of them. Uh, some of them seem to be kind of helpful to the main story. Obviously, they're just little fun things. They're all about the uncommon uh, legendary cycle. Go check them out if you're interested. Um, but that was where I was. The one thing I want to point out is that the story spotlight cards for this set had a certain expectation, I guess. I was assume, assuming they were going to be on the main story. And mainly the Tempted by Oreek, the Killian one, it just seemed really compelling. Like that story spotlight card was the, one of the big ones. I was like, oh, sick. This is going to be a big part, a pivotal moment in the story. But Killian is not in the main story, really. And that... I mean, he, he loses a, a game. Yeah. So, so Killian turns out to be the student who is getting their mascot intercepted during that right uh bit um and and you know it it was just one of those things that is just kind of surprising it's like sweet you get that's a whole card um that is just not anywhere in the story while i thought will getting his leg gone would have <laughs> been a really great card now i'm looking at them now and i've only read like two of the five side stories so i'm seeing here that rise of Extus is a story spotlight card yeah so apparently that must be from the side stories or no is that, no that's just it's not a part of the main story he's already in power when we that's just that's just story. like uh that happens at some point x i see 
We don't really know much I about that. I mean, we Exodus. know it was with one lethal strike. Yeah. He took control of the um, So I, I... I like the story spotlight cards. I just think these ones were... There were some good ones and some, like, why? Why is this important? Um, I don't understand why you decided to make this a story spotlight. Or even other cards that are like, this is a card in the set. Hall of Oracles. That's a place that all the shit happens at the end. Right. That's not a story spotlight card? Okay. Oh, well, and there's also like practical research, and it's just Will and Rowan in the library reading books. That was literally like a second. It was a second of Rowan's like, I'm just going to leave. And it yeah. looks like they're... Like, when you look at the card, it's like, oh, they're having lots of fun. They're learning things at Strixhaven together. They hate, they hate each other. Extus. They hate each other the whole time. <laughs> so it's like, it just, this, the cards always paint a different picture than the story. So that's why it's kind of fun to, to read the story. I personally would love if they got closer and closer. Um, these are not as egregious as some in the past, which have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? That is not <laughs> even close to anything that happened. Um, but I do like when really important moments happen. Like, I would love if the call time cards said something about Asika dying at the end, but, um, I guess that's also like a cliffhanger or whatever, so. Yeah, like they don't want to spoil the ending, I guess. So there's that weird thing, um, they've, I don't want to go into a huge rant because this is getting kind of a longer episode, but, um, <laughs> when they, st they, so they haven't done the story spotlight cards for very long, um. It's since Kaladesh, and uh, as, as far as like them printing it on the cards. But back when original Theros happened, Elspeth dies in that set. And it's told in the story, but there's just an immense amount of people who had no idea that that happened, because it just isn't depicted on the cards. And mm -hmm. Wizards was saying, we don't want to spoil the story in the cards. However, there's a, just a huge chunk of people that just never, never read, read the story. So then they had changed their approach um, and they decided they were going to start making cards that depicted scenes that happen in the story, which I think is, a, I like it. I think it's a good thing. Um, it makes you feel a little bit more connected with the characters possibly. Um, so I'm happy that they do it and I, I, I like that they're around. However, this one seemed like they've been, the last two sets have been ramping up a lot of story spotlight cards. Yeah, there's um, a lot more than there was in the past. Yeah. Like, it used to be five, right? Yeah, there were just, like, it a couple. Five story spotlight cards. And then, like, the most was in War of the Spark or something, because, obviously, that's... There's a whole novel, yeah. yeah. So they're trying to... And those cards don't even reflect what happens in the book, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me Niv-Mizzet actually gets reborn. Uh, yeah, for a second, and then dies again. And then, <laughs> and then apparently gets resurrected as a robot in the comic book. So, well, there you go. Anyway, um, that's the, that's the fucking story. <laughs> oh man, well, that's great. Never change magic story. No. Never change. Uh, except for change, maybe a little bit. Maybe it actually, you know, it changed though. Change. Now that I think about it. Um, but we do love reading your story and trying to tell people about it while um while kind of drunk. I had a few drinks before we started this. I don't know if we talked about that earlier. I had a few drinks before we started this episode, so we're uh, extra. You should you should have let me know. I would have had a couple. Oh. Of that. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to sound like an idiot as the more sober of the two. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, 
I heard that it's last call, and uh, I'm going to grab my last beer for the, the night. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready for the big reveal? Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah, okay. that, that sounds about right. <laughs> that uh, makes sense to me. We picked our own beers. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm Henderson's Best and your Roman Candle. So what do you want to start with? Um, it doesn't matter to me. All right. Uh, let's start with Roman Candle. Okay. Since uh, I can remind myself what it tastes like in a second. Right. <laughs> it is so interesting that you, like, if you pick the one from the beginning, you have to kind right. of taste it again to be like, did I actually want to pick this? Yeah. Mm. And I feel like the mm. order that you happen to drink them in does affect it depending on the beers, too. Sometimes, yeah. Some beers are like, a, you want to start with this beer. Yeah. And some beers are, you want to have a beer, you know, and you want it to be your second. Exactly. So, Roman Candle. Um, first off, while you're sipping, I just, I, uh, I think they're both great beers. I love them both dearly. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, they're both kind of classics of the Toronto beer scene mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah, so Roman Candle is just kind of a, it's just kind of a quintessential IPA for me. Yeah. There's nothing fancy going on here, or at least not that I'm, not that I can detect. I don't think so. Uh, It's just, it's 6.8%, so it's a little on the higher side for Mm -hmm. just a regular IPA, but not, not out of bounds, you know. And it kind of, like, to me, it kind of looks like, like, it's, it's very opaque. Mm -hmm. So it kind of has that haziness and, like light yellow kind of color to it so to me it reminds me more of a like east coast style ipa than a west coast but i don't know if there's anything deliberate in that because the like i'm looking at the can and there's just no real information about it i don't know what no it just says ipa 6.8 percent that's exactly what it is in my mind yeah it's just good it's just a good version of that so if that's a kind of beer that you're into this one this one is a good version I think it's a pretty great version. I think, like, it was... I wasn't huge on IPAs moving to Toronto. And that was about, like, four four or five years ago. And um, this was one of them that I was like, this is really great. This feels solid. I It's not doing too many funky things. It's not over-hopped or anything. It's not trying to be anything else. It just feels very... This is what yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's, it's not hoppy that... It's not really hoppy, actually. Yeah. Like, when you think of IPA, you think of super hoppy beer and this mm-hmm. this has kind of a, a regular amount of hops yeah so yeah what would you give the roman candle uh i think i'd give this a diamond mm-hmm. i think my one knock against it honestly if there's anything bad to say about this beer it's just that uh it's expensive <laughs> yeah you know like i don't know if it's there are some great ipas and this one is kind of twice the price of anything else mm-hmm. so it, the reason I don't buy it off, that's the reason I don't buy it off, yeah. is because it is, I don't know if it's enough better to merit the price tag, yeah. but if we're just talking about the merits of the beer on its own without taking that into account, then I think it's a great beer. Yeah, I think it's Diamond as well. Uh, definitely just super great. Would recommend to anyone, especially people who don't love IPAs. It's just like, this is solid. This is like great. Um, get out the gate. It, it's exactly what it is. It tastes good. You know, you're, you're yeah, probably going to like it. And like people who don't like, you know, high percentage beer, um, maybe give it a try too. It depends why you're avoiding high percentage beer. Like if it's literally just because that's too much alcohol for you. 
then you know this isn't gonna magically change that yeah. but if it's because you feel like you could taste the alcohol in high percentage beers this one does a great job of balancing yeah. you, you, you don't really taste that so you don't really taste that at all it's um delicious i like the name uh the only reason it wouldn't be mythic really is because if i go to bellwoods i'm gonna get a jelly king and that's yeah that's right because jelly king is better that so. jelly king is so good that if i go there i'm coming for every type of jelly king they have and some other random things um, i was yeah think about this uh, not too long ago actually and i'm like i wonder what they would have to put as the flavors on the jelly king for me to not be interested yeah you know they, it would have to be really out there like <laughs> It'd have to be like honeydew and chocolate or something. And I'd be like, what? Even, I think I might try that. <laughs> It'd have to be weirder. <laughs> uh, but let's go on to the Henderson's Best. Um, so obviously I picked it, and obviously I rated that one really high, so I'm going to rate this one really high as well. Right. But I just think this is really great. I like it a lot. Um, it was probably, the more I taste Henderson stuff, the more I realize that this is absolutely their best one. Um, yeah, they, and they were correct in identifying Yes, they were absolutely correct it. saying this is Henderson's best because it really is. Um, and they definitely chose a good style of beer to be, you know, have be their best. Because I don't know other ambers in this area that I like as much as this one. So I have a soft spot for Henderson's best just mm -hmm. because often it's like the only amber ale you can get. Yeah. Because... Right now we're in that like craze of sour beer and, and the IPA craze is just kind of dying down. We're into the sour beer craze. So everything is a sour or everything is an IPA leftover from mm -hmm. the previous excitement about IPAs. And sometimes I just want an amber. You know, I yeah. just want a good solid malty amber ale. And it's hard to get that, but because Henderson's made such a name with Henderson's Best, this is kind of always available. Mm -hmm. And I like that about it. Absolutely. The fact that it's just a good solid amber that I can get whenever I'm feeling like an amber. It's great because this is the kind of, if you're not from this area, um, you basically have like the liquor store, but then you can also get beer from the grocery store. And this is one of the ones that will sometimes be in grocery stores. Mm -hmm. It's that like popular or well-known, um, which is great because some of the other ones are like not my favorite. So I'm like, sweet. I can always get a Henderson's Best there. Um, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm still going to uh, rate this diamond, but uh, I just, I think it's great. I think they're both really awesome. Obviously, I came into this knowing that as well, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. We, like, I these think... are not our first times trying either of these beers. No, no, no. Um, I think for me, it's platinum, but like a solid, good, like a good high platinum performing, yeah. you know? Okay, I could see that. Um, I, I don't know if it's because I was working at, uh, we used to have Henderson's Best on tap at the Drake that I worked at. Ooh, I can see it being really good. Um, yeah, so I used to, well, I'd, I'd drink it there, but I'd also always tell people to drink it. And uh, it was one of the first Toronto beers I might have tried because I came in being like, well, Fat Tire is my favorite, so I'm going to try an Amber right. anywhere it is. Um, and I was like, oh, this one's really good. So. Um, I was quick to being like, that's the beer that I like around here um, mm -hmm. before I started exploring a lot of other things. So it probably might have a little bit of that nostalgia from just like three, four years ago that I, that I enjoy. Um, yeah, it's a good beer. So. Yeah. I just don't drink it that much because if I'm going to drink it amber, I'm just going to grab a fat tire. But yeah. <laughs> Jeff, with that, I think it's probably closing time. 
Closing time. Yeah. Do you have your guitar? Are you going to play the song for us this week? Oh, shoot. We talked about that, didn't we? <laughs> no, no. no that'll I, be did li- I did actually listen to the song, and I think I can play it. Oh, for um, sure. I'm sure you could. It's just like G, C, A, and D. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure like, that out. My guitar is in my bedroom. <laughs> Julia's sleeping, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, at some point, you know, maybe if we ever have a Patreon... You can be a patron and we'll play that song for you. So you can listen to it while you sleep in your bedroom. (laughs) Um, But uh, as always, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You can look for us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Blues Brews MTG. Perfect. Also, we would always love to get a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, leave us a comment on YouTube. Uh, any of those things, we'd love any sort of feedback or interaction. It's just nice. Hey, if you like the show, if you don't like the show, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> say say what you got to say. Let, um, us hear, let us hear it. Exactly. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that when the going gets tough, be it like Kazmina and get the fuck out of there. Good night. All right, that's fine.